ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, welcome again to the Selective Zlorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. My name is Rotten Deadite, and with me today are... Felix, also known as Banu Hanamasaishi. James, also known as Aramethius. And I'm Andrew, also known as oh, the White Corner. <laughs> Boy, you have five minutes to stop before I kick you off this podcast. I thought you got that out of your system I already. <laughs> Um, today we're talking right. about Kine. I don't know how ASMR is related, <laughs> but um, it seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah, Kine, lower that name. deity of many names and many places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. also, and many actually. Yeah, like uh, unusually, it feels like for this series of casts that we're doing, this is actually a divine that we have a gigantic amount of information about, com- at least compared to other ones. And, um, this is good. yeah, and, and, uh, and that's really like, uh, nice, but, uh, uh it, it's still not even, it doesn't, it still didn't even hold a candle to the amount of data that we've got about various Daedra and I'm looking at you, Shugorath, but, um, oh, we're going to have some, yeah, it's a multi-part one nah. and it's going to be mostly me rolling my eyes at all the cheese memes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so the th- so here's the thing about Kine. One one of the first uh, things you're going to read about when you're talking about the Nordic version of Kinnereth is that Kine is supposed to be the wife of Shore. Um, what I want to know, uh, right? What I want to know is uh-huh. when what was what was Kine like before Shore in pre Tiberseptum. Well, um, okay, so also I think that there does have to, we do have to talk about the fact that Kine, if I recall correctly, was the war wife of Shore, right. and Debella was the bed wife of Shore. Mm-hmm. Which we, we copied, so, we, we, we covered the multiple wives thing in the Nordcast, right? Ish. Uh, I don't know, I, I wasn't part of that one, I don't think. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Slightly. Okay, good. All right. Um... Yeah, I think um, I think we covered it, but so, basically so the, the like short of it was that it was it's based on actual Nordic mythology of like Nordic heroes having multiple wives that serve mm-hmm. numerous purposes, including just keeping the house together and the war wife that you bring with you to the to the you know actual battlefield, and then there's you know the 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 the, the wife who pines for you when you're away from the house, and then there's the wife whose responsibility it is to you know uh, take the dogs out. And then there's the wife who is, folds your clothes properly, and um, which is actually kind of like the orcs. Way of yeah, I was things. just thinking that. I was exactly. Just thinking that. And that's yeah. which it's in and of which itself is, is interesting, and I don't remember if we discussed that, but it is something that it no. bears, you know, some consideration of. Uh, is there's is there a little bit of cultural appropriation happening between the orcs and the Nords, considering they have been had a, a fair amount of interaction. But let's get back onto oh. my subject again, Nelson. Um, so yeah, so Kine was, is supposed to be the. I was about to say I think yes because if you look at Kine as the hawk, as kind of uh-huh. the, in the proto-Nordic sense, uh-huh. there's there's not really any relation between the totems when you yes. when you look at them generally. That's just you've got the bear, the moth, the hawk. They are their own thing. They mm-hmm. only, only function as a unified pantheon as they get more evolved. So right. I think part of the way that they get knitted together with the early um, orcish influences, because Morlock comes up in the earliest tales anyway. Mm-hmm. So 
the the idea that um, Nords don't influence, or the idea that orcs don't influence Nordic culture, feels a little odd to me. Right. Um, I read. And I think Kinnereth is it or Kine is a good example of that one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's not an ASMR cast. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Uh, yeah, and, please no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so, right, so what's interesting about this is that uh, this is, this is something I, I know for a fact that we covered in the Nordcast, which is that Nords consider Mara to be the mother goddess or the mother wife, sort of. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but but that kind is supposed to be the, the you know sort of the warrior goddess. And it, it, it in mm-hmm. Nordic mythology, Kine is the god that gives the Nords the power of Thum. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for yes. somebody to tell me I'm uh, wrong about that. That was her gift. Yes. Well, okay. well when she well, also breathed life into the Nords, right? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah, say she, that? she, she mm-hmm. breathed yeah. atop uh, yeah. snow throat, yeah. and thus the Nords were born as a people, which is why they call themselves the sons and daughters of Kine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The Nords also have a great seething hatred for Kinnereth, whom they refer to as a pale shadow of kind. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. I uh, think, um, are you misremembering the um, the line where Kine and Kinnereth are referred to as pale shadows of Tava in the one of the ESO mm. Lawmaster archives? Because that line is maybe. explicitly there in reference to Tava, maybe. not oh, okay. Just yeah. to be a thorough pedant. I think I'm remembering the same thing. Yeah. That could be it. In which case, I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah. Children of the Sky. Yeah. Children of Skyrim. Yeah. I, right. There's also yeah. something in me that wants to um, point out a completely wrong theory about how um, how that kind of being created and breathed on um, through the throat of the world um, is potentially totally allegorical. Because I have oh. I have this really ridiculously <laughs> neat theory about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I had this really, really neat theory that would explain it because um, I got my Nordic kings mixed up. Because um, Wolfarth is referred to as the Breath of Kine, um, mm-hmm. and I somehow in my head got it that Wolfarth was the first king to oh. um, was the king to disavow all the lands in Atmora, mm. and so they became the Nords, as in not Atmorans, when the Breath of Kine made them so, as in when Wolfarth divorced them from Atmora. But that's not actually the case because Harald is the king who did that. I thought that was some vaguely nice tie-in, but no. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just curious about how that kind of plays out with the, the creation of the Nords as well. But, and in an effort, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to say that the, uh, uh, the I actually spent um, the last two weeks. Well, mostly I spent the last so the previous week trying to do some research into. Um, the uh, certain Gnostic idea of the breath of God and the word of God as uh, powers Ooh. and um, and the, uh, what you call it, the uh, uh, manifestation of the power of the Lord. And uh, 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 then work happened and, and life sort of, life uh, found a way and kept yeah. me from uh, getting absolutely any anything done outside of the office. Um, and so uh, I, 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 the only things that I managed to get was sort of like the beginning, like the proto research of finding a couple of um, a couple of papers written about 
the connection between the word of God and the breath of God. But um, mostly a lot of lines referring to parts of the Bible where they talk about how God breathes life into things. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. like so, but it was so it was like a whole bunch of references of, oh, yeah, God breathes on stuff. But it wasn't like useful <laughs> anyway. There wasn't like actual information there. It was just like reference data. It's like, yeah, I know I, I can find the spot in the Bible where it says that. Thank you. But um, yeah. the so so the idea of of Kinnereth or Kine breathing life into things is uh, probably sort of like another injection of uh, Christian myth- mysticism into or mythology into um, uh, into the Elder Scrolls mythology. But uh, it is also uh, what what I did instead. What, what I did find. Oh yes, exactly. Thanks, Buck. That always yeah right. Amun exactly. Thank you, uh, man. I damn near forgot about that. I'm so glad you're here. Um, there's, uh, if, if anybody who's uh, watching this cast has time to dig into a moon, a M U N alpha Mike, uh, ultra November. Um, that's a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, very useful text in there about, uh, breathing as an act of uh, creating life. And the one thing that I was able to find was some very interesting, uh, um, research done by some. Uh, of uh, comparative religion guys where they talked about the representation uh, or the, um, the the sort of mythification of breath in early cultures and uh, uh, their conclusion, which is probably obvious to anybody with, ha- with you know, anything between their ears is that uh, it's uh, pretty much a sort of like proto science explaining why people don't breathe after they die or people who mm-hmm. uh, can't breathe die. And and so it's it's a uh, uh, it's it's a sort of a proto science that you get a lot of in um, in uh, uh, both uh, East uh, what I should say Western West Asian uh, cultures or Middle Eastern cultures uh, and in very very early uh, um, of uh, very very early cultures. And uh, and then something you also start to see in um, East Indian and East East Asian uh, cultures, when you start dealing with things like, uh, what, you know, like any, any Asian file will be able to talk a lot about chi and, uh, and, uh, qigong and, uh, breath energy and stuff like that. It's all, it, it, all of those things are kind of like filtering back together again from a very early Mesopotamian mythology about breathing life into stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And all that has to do with Arimithius's beard. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but you see, I'm glad someone else pointed it out because I pointed it out to you, James. And, hey, by the way, congrats on the on the epic beard over the past 20 or so episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to say that that was, that I wanted to sort of encapsulate all of that by saying that's basically the grand summation of all the research I managed to get done. That's it. <laughs> did I did I get any conclusions so made? I, nope. <laughs> well, I, I did. I I did a Google search just now because that's <laughs> that's how I do my research. I you know on the day it's in my pants. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked at the symbolism of breath in general, um, rather than just you know the skies or or whatever. And Young actually has some Ooh. things to say about. Breath. There's a connection between breath and spirit. Check your bingo um, card, people. Yep. <laughs> and, and in in Young's book, Symbols of Transformation, he observes that in Arabic and Hebrew, the word ruh 
signifies Reeb's uh, breath and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, the, uh, and he implies that the two movements of breathing, intaking and uh, inhalation and exhalation, those could symbolize the alternating rhythm of life and death, mm-hmm. which is interesting because Kinnereth breathed life into the Nords. Life and the cycles therein, that's Arke's purview. You've, yep. so, Ooh, okay, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you touched I've, on that, but I got something to add. But I'll, I'll Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always kind of operated on, on the notion that Kinnereth, part of what she does is... Uh, you know, if we consider like the the, the dream sleeve and and how um, you know souls are are you know the, the memories are returned to to Mundus, and I imagine the 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 one way that makes the most sense is by rain, mm-hmm. which would be you know that's that's within Kinnereth's sphere. Um, so she must be some kind of gatekeeper. Between life and death, she the is. RK, who, yeah, RK, who's yeah, making I, the cycle occur, mm-hmm. and Kinnereth, who's there, splitting the souls apart, and and you know, breathing or crying the, the memories back into yeah. Back into yeah. So, so this is this is what I wanted to 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 touch on when you first brought up that sort of connection with RK. Yeah, yeah. is um, according to the Nords, Kane mm-hmm. is also called the kiss at the end. Mm. And she's the one who actually is supposed to lead the souls as it's escaping the body with yeah. you know, the, the last breath. She she's the kiss at the, the end. Breath. And, yeah, and, oh. and so she's taking them and lifting them up to Sovngarde. That's yeah. sort of her sphere. And then she I, hands it over to Arcade. I, I'd, like I'd like yeah. to see like an apocrypha or something about you know looking at, at Kine or Kinnereth in, in that light. It's, you know, the same way, you know, God giveth, God taketh away. That mm. kind of thing. Just that... Just this is this is my gift to you, and I will get it back. Yeah, there's also another another one that comes up in the Kynes Challenge book that she's not. It's not just the Nords that she does it for. Or at least the Nords don't think so. Mm-hmm. There's actually um, there's one thing. There's one instance where it's got Kine leading a Skeever's soul to Periite. That Ooh. she's <laughs> which is here you go. I brought you a rat. Yeah, that <laughs> she's she's not she's not just she's not just about the Nords. It's about putting things in their place and being and being that sort of order thing, which kind of ties into which ties into Kine as a nature goddess. She is the closest thing we have to a Mother Earth analog um, within that, which I'll get which I'll get to a bit later as well. But um, it's just bizarre that she she's not just a psychopomp for the Nords. She's a psychopomp for everything. Um, okay. So she will. She won't just lead people to Sovngarde. She'll take them wherever they will go. Yeah. Well, one and 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 another another thought I had just now in figuring out where you know different etata relate to one another. Um, I mean, I can think of kind of a, a tentative link to Trinimac, uh, which. I mean, getting to like the the, the multiple wives bit, sort mm-hmm. of, um, because after Lorcan's heart was ripped from his chest by by Trinimac, that was when Kine started making rain. It was her tears. Yeah, there had right? been no recorded was, rain prior to that. Yeah, yeah, and so, I mean that that's a connection to Shore, to Trinimac, and therefore to Malakath. Which circling back to the multiple wives, we got orcs, we've got Nords. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's, that's the byway that that we have the, the 
connection. Well, there's, there's also an ever so slight uh, connection to Cheagorth there, because Cheagorth was born from the hole yeah. in Lorcan's chest when his divine spark was removed. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's kind of a lot of stuff happening around this one little event. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why conventions so important. Yeah. You know. Yep. But um, and it's uh, as 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 uh, you and James were both saying with regards to um, this kind of the closest we have to a, a a Mother Earth, at least as far as the Nordic pantheon is concerned. Um, she she is referred to as a Mother Goddess, but in the sense that we're still talking about kind and by extension the Norse, because we're talking about this aspect, she's the oldest aspect, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also important to remember that the. The classic Norse tradition in the old gods is very totemic, so it has a lot of natural influence just through that, which, in case anyone has been asking in the chat or has the thought about it now that I brought it up, that's why you don't see uh, Ifre or Ifer or Jeffrey, as he's sometimes called. Mm. Uh, you don't really see him as, as a god to the Nords because they have a different worldview due to their perspective from Atmora and moving into... Uh, Skyrim early on in the, I think it was uh, the Marethic era when they first touched down, mm-hmm. or was it the first era? I can't remember. I'm I'm not up to date with my Nordic days, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I had to write the first yep. one. Yeah, right. because I think it's it's the beginning of the first era where mm-hmm. they come back from <clears throat> Mora. Yeah. So okay. how how do you all how do you explain the Khajiit perspective then? Because the Khajiit have both Kenarthi and Yifa. They're the only pantheon to do that. You're, you're right that Ifri is the kind of the nature side of things for the for the Moorish gods, but you've got uh, but you've got Khajiit who have who have both, and I'm not entirely sure why that why they would if they're things that are that connected. See, I don't know why you're asking me because the beast yeah. races are easily my weakest spot of the war. <laughs> Well, did, can I anybody know, think of any? Why I want to play ESO and really like delve into that where's, shit? Where's yeah. Yeah. Can yeah, exactly. anybody think uh, of where's, any? Where's Moosh for leader? We need can anybody think of uh, any uh, Elvish air deities? Um, does Finaster count? Yeah, see, I was kind of thinking about Finaster a little bit. Yeah, um, he might. I was possibly think. I was possibly thinking about. Was it Sirabane who was who led the All Flags Navy? It's the, the closest uh, one. I could, yes. The closest one. No, I no, no. Hang on, hang on. But that's the closest wait, I can come wait, to. Uh, the All Flags Navy was led by Bendu Olo, a Red Guard. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. The 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 um the Ultma's contribution to the All Flags Navy. The leader of. That is the, mm-hmm. is the closest who then became a hero god is the closest I could find to um, anything approaching wind in mm-hmm. the Alt Murray Pantheon, at least if we're going by the, vari- the varieties of faith um, way of talking about it, because no no one else has um, okay. had any real connections. So yeah. in 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 the uh, at least in the Alt Murray Pantheon, we've got Ariel, who is also depicted as an eagle or a hawk. True. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we've and then we've got and then we got Ifre as well. Yeah. Um which I mean I think more of like plant life and and you know yeah. rain or water being absorbed rather than being created or transferred. 
Um, it's just just the, the taking of that life um, and then growing with that. Um, but Ariel is probably the closest, which I mean that that would that would create, I think, a link between Kinnereth and Akatosh. But if you look at, um, I, I, I'm thinking about the invocation of the third um, pocket guide, which is "Come to me, Kinnereth, for without you, I might not know the mysteries of the world." And so blind and in error, I might consume and profane the abundance of your beautiful treasures, which apart from tying respiration and inspiration, mm-hmm. um, it's, um, it also ties, it also ties Kinnereth to the, um, to the natural world in a way that we don't see elsewhere. There's actually, oh, there is a book somewhere that makes, um, that makes it quite, uh, makes it quite explicit that she's, Kind of knitting the world together but i can't remember exactly how that works i mean i kind of came up with the idea of wind which goes to breath which is obvious and then breath goes to vitality and vitality mm-hmm. in infusing the earth yeah. With stuff. but yeah well, um, Mike, that, that's but interesting you use that, you, those, you those words that because one because uh, another another related kind of text um where it's it's not the ones uh that says, you know, come to me this, and it's these sort of indications, but it's another book called The Ten Commands of the Nine Divines. Yes, that's the other And Yeah, and Kinnereth's uh, entry in there says, uh, number six, Kinnereth says, use nature's gifts wisely, respect her power, and fear her fury. So that, to me, is kind of really cementing that um, she's kind of taken the place of the nature god for the Nords. And the Sky God, um, which is kind of bizarre. I was kind of thinking about real world stuff, and if she's something like, I'm something like Mother Earth, um, if we're talking Gaia and so on. But mm-hmm. she's also Father Sky. She is also Uranus um, because because she's connected <laughs> to okay, get the out upper of air there. and so on. Andrew, yeah. <laughs> at least they didn't ASMR it. Um, it's not a mercy. Well, no. yeah. Because actually, that's, uh, that's something that totality, which is- yeah. And it's something that Buck just pointed out in uh, in chat, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me. Is that um, there's a lot of cultures, real world Ooh. cultures, who draw a difference between the presence of life and the ability to do something, and then the actual act of doing a thing. Um, there's a lot of cultures that draw the difference between those two. There's, there's, there's the ability to perform an action and then there's the actual act of doing that. There's the actual action itself, like actually doing it. Um, and that the difference between, or, or that the role that breath or wind puts into place is that it, it, uh, it, it is the motivation. In other words, the movement of something, um, Right. And then, yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, Hathor, the sun moving, uh, uh, or, 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 or excuse me, that Horus in, in is, is the, um, uh, act of Hathor moving through the sky, I think. And, and so that's a, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it geez, I should have thought about this a little bit more before I opened my mouth, but it's, <laughs> It's the uh, it's the idea. It's Hindu equivalent. Well, sort of. It's it's the idea of um, of breath being uh, not necessarily life itself, but life in movement. 
or the life in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's sort sort of like, you know, you've got like trees don't move without the wind. They have the potential to move. They have the ability to do it, but they don't do it until the wind blows them. You see the difference there? Okay. So, um, yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I can, I can see like w- what you're trying dancing around yeah. um, <laughs> badly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, like I, 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 I get what you're trying to, to get across, or at least I think I do. Maybe, maybe I don't um, either. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but well, it's the, well, an, an, another example I can try and, and think of is that uh, to use other real world examples in Hinduism, you often have the case where numerous gods are just other gods in certain states. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, um, the goddess Shakti is seen as independent of the goddess Kali for various different reasons, but Kali is also seen as the most powerful form of Shakti in terms of um, energy and movement through time. So there's still that kind of connection between them, even though they're two separate deities, there's still this overlap within certain, I guess, spheres or elements that they cover that result in... Um, in, in them having this kind of <clears throat> connection and association, just being distinct, separate entities. If that also mm-hmm. helps to, um, to 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 entrench the concept in in uh, the chat's head, mm-hmm. do Pine and Mara have that sort of a relation? Because Mara is the handmaiden of Kine, and when Alicia is asking for aid, she initially prays to Mara. And gets the attention of Kine to send um, to send Mora mm-hmm. House and possibly Palinor as part of that. So, are those yeah, two in so, that well, so it, it definitely depends on who you ask, right? Yeah. So, so to the Imperials, Mara is is very important, whereas to the Nords, she's just seen as Kine's handmaiden. Not not a bad thing at all. Like, okay, yeah, she's the handmaiden, but you know, you got to talk to Kine first. Whereas the Nords, sorry, uh, the the Imperials would see it as, oh, well, no, they're both equally important for various different reasons. And arguably, the Imperials would see uh, Kinnereth as more, sorry, uh, they would see, um, but, you know, yeah, the, the, the Imperials would see Kinnereth as perhaps being more important eventually because she is the one who gifted them the Lord's mail to, mm-hmm. I think it was Mora House or was it Belharza? Yeah. I think it was Mora House that she gifted uh, the Lord's mail to. Yes, Lord's mail is Mora Let House. Let me check yeah. real quick. Okay, all right, good. So, so because of that, because of that gift of an actual tangible artifact, one of their earliest, I guess you could say, god heroes would mean that um, Kinnereth is probably more important. Than Mara, but Mara is still important to them just in a different way, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, again, one of them is a, a, a sort of a war god and the other one isn't. Um, and uh, yeah, one's one's like a, a loving god. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Does that mean just, just purely spitballing? Um, because hey, that's what we do. Um, that does that mean that Kine and Mara and is it who's the the third of the 
triad of Nordic goddesses. Is it actually Dabella? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does that mean that, that that what we're looking at there is some sort of overlapping Trinitarian thing? I mean, there's the the whole stages of life made in Mother Crone, which are possibly um, which are probably mm-hmm. okay. So, are we are we looking at a single? Are we looking at a single entity there that's um, that's just expressing the different st- different stages and ways of being of life, and then you've got kind as the fullness of that, as in the completion of that at the end. If we're going to extend this metaphor a bit, because kind is the crone of those three. Mm. I don't know. Well, I'll put it this way: I like it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, I don't have anything yeah. to back it up, but it's good, you know, good world building. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the thing I'm hung up on right now is mm-hmm. I, I made earlier connection between Kinnereth and, and Akatosh via Ariel. Um, and I posted in, in at least our, our hangout chat um, a link to an image on the Wikia. Um, it's a statue of Ariel. And like on his shoulders is a giant eagle mm-hmm. or, a hawk right. or something. <clears throat> and so I mean I'm thinking about Kinnereth being depicted as like a like a, a Kutzakuddle sort of deal, a feathered serpent, uh, or or something kind of dragon-esque, but separate from the other dragons of like Akatosh. Um so I mean I, I I don't. Know, I mean, what, what what do you think about that? I mean, if 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 she has some kind of connection to, you know, life and death, then it would stand to reason that she has some connection to time as well, um, because without time, there is no mm-hmm. life and death. Um, and and so I mean, I, I'm I'm wondering if at some point, Kinnereth is 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 a. a Mythopoetic or or um, you know subgradiated offshoot of Ariel, um, mm. or something 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 along those lines. Because we see here that they're, they're kind of combined into one entity. So maybe Kinnereth is just that feathered aspect of Ariel, or does something like that. I mean, that's that's kind of what I've been. I, I think it's neat, but I don't know. There's just something about that that I can't quite put my finger on that I feel yeah. is 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 misplaced in that yeah. association. But I can't I mean, articulate I why. Be, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of fucking around yeah. with it. My, my immediate thought was, if you're going to put wings on anything um, and connect it to kind, put it on the serpent and link and link it to Lorcan. No, but mm. I mean, I mean, especially and considering then, she then, cried for for you know his yeah. death. Or actually, that was another thing that um, the the interpretation of her her crying after his death. Yes, crying after the death. I've also seen it as expressed as tears of joy mm. um, as well, rather, rather than necessarily mourning. Yeah, it's so it's some it's a happy event that, or possibly a happy event that the world is created, which again goes back to her being tied to yeah um, to the natural order as such. But you've got you've got both sorts of things being being expressed in various places again depending on who you ask yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and i mean that's, i can't remember where i see where i saw is, it that kind of kind of bubbly gray 
you know, it might be this, it might be that. that like, that's the shit I love. <laughs> I I don't want to know the answer. I want right. to I want to have a pinky and brain moment. Are you pondering what I'm pondering, Pinky? Yeah, well, we're actually going to get a wetsuit at this time of night. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah, and and that's that is like I, I mean the biggest advantage. Like uh, we were just talking about this before the the, the cast started is that the, the one of the reasons why we haven't had a 40k uh, cast is that um, they're really specific in 40k. There's not a lot of wiggle room in there. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, uh, a fan creative fan theory, not a lot of room for fan theories to happen. Um, and when they, when, where there is room, it's really specific. I mean, it, it's gotta be, yeah. what's this character thinking of? It's gotta be that, you know, that kind of stuff, things that are probably going to get resolved by an author at some point or another in the future. Um, so, you know, and, and, and again, uh, that, that's one of the things that we like a lot about Elder Scrolls, myth, uh, um, uh, lore. And, uh, for example, uh, Soulsborne, uh, lore is that, uh, there's a whole lot that doesn't get told to you directly. And so there's a lot of inf inference that can happen. Yeah. Uh, mm. but when it comes to kind, <laughs> um, there's the uh, the sun's death event. Okay, go on, Buck. Oh, <laughs> Buckney's talking in uh, in uh, in chat about the biggest example of myth for the type of for that type of thing would be the sun's death event. Oh, hang on. Uh, I think there's also there may might be something in um, I don't know if it's a book or someone ran a blog about it or something which has the various different uh holidays that can be found across tamriel yep. and i think there might be an entry or two in there for kinnereth let me see if i can try and find that real quick oh yeah it was yeah. a big compilation of somebody posted it i think it was a big huge list yeah yeah, yeah that's and that's what i'm gonna see if i can try and yeah. find it this Another thought that we we've, we've mentioned it, but not really done anything about it. But is any um, are there any links that we can pull out between um, Kine and Shiogorath? Because she is the mother of storms, but yeah. storms belong to the Mad God. Yeah. Uh, is... Yeah. There. There's uh, someone in chat. I forget who brought it up earlier. That mm -hmm. uh, thunderstorms and rain also make for the best summoning times and rituals for Shea Gorat. So there's that yep. connection there. Mm. Yeah, but why would you have that sort of um, that sort of a connection? Because uh, she she's not she's not crazy unless oh no I I think like okay there could be the sort of madness of love or madness of despair or the lost one maybe yeah. like yeah i'm not sure if but those, yeah. those are just the first things that came to yeah mind. if we're talking if we're talking about um the first storm and the first rain being linked to lokan that again brings back um kinds emotions about her husband mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and, how, and how she felt how she reacted to lokan's or shaw's death or or the heart or his heart being ripped out anyway um, Damn, I can't uh, find that list. 
I'm I'm I'm, I'm yep. trying to think of of other potential connections. Maybe not ones that have been pointed out to us, but just given what we know. I mean, we know that Shiagorth is, is responsible for the creation of basically mortal music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which would include you know flutes and other wind instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's something there using the breath to create music and breath being part of, of Kenneth's deal. Well, um, mm. you have inspira- you have the kind of idea of inspiration and mad genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind mm. that every Atada is going to overlap with every other Atada in some way or another. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, mm. something that I've I've played with for a while. So I mean, maybe maybe that's where those those two kind of intersect in a sphere kind of sense. Um, but um, I mean, I'm trying to think of of other. I mean, what what about jiggle lag? If we think about jiggle lag, mm. I don't know. Order, that, that, I mean, there's not a there's nothing yeah. much about him. I'm kind of hoping that ESO is going to. Give us something for him because we got yeah, we got Shigora coming out of our ears, but we don't have anything about Jigalard. The only yeah, the only reference they've really had is I think there's a sort of order, yeah. uh, um, costume right. weapon set, that you mm-hmm. can get. um, like the, you know, the sort of Jigalag or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was that's the only reference to Jigalag I've seen aside from Loremaster's archive mm-hmm. uh, with Haskell, um, and possibly. Dialogue from from Fanua Ten, but people keep arguing with me, telling me that's about Lorcan and not about Jigalag. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, if you're not arguing in the Elder Scrolls community, are you really doing anything at all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, what the hell's the point of any of this? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of all forty plus episodes of this? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Baconomics seven in chat says, "Is there anything besides the intro to the third pocket guide that associates Kinnereth with mystery? Because you can associate mystery with madness." The female counterpart of Amun is Amunet, who is the Egyptian goddess of mystery. Ooh. Maybe something's there. Well, yeah. I mean, there is yeah, something I, there, I but love, I wish I could figure I out what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be something there, but I have no idea what it is. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it would be really rude of me to sit here and 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 stare off into space until I figure it out <laughs> while we're on the air. <laughs> just a long piece oh, of dead air God. while I just sit there and go, uh, and just yeah. think really hard. Well, wait, no, the the bull of kind is another name for Mora House. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which you can get to via the via, via the Lamasu. Actually, is the the connection that I think I called for. Like he's called the. Like he's called the man bull, but the the Lamassu of Assyrian mythology is mm-hmm. is a bull with wings and a man's head. Okay, um, it's it just it just strikes yeah. me as that uh, as Mora Mora House being a being a remixed Lamassu. Yeah, um, and they were associated with the with the sky with the skies to um, to some extent, but I don't know a whole lot about about them. I must admit, but. Again, it's yeah. thing of thing of creatures of the air. Well, it's but, it says in in some writings it is portrayed to represent a female deity. Yeah. Um. Well, Morehouse was not female. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, but very, I mean, very if, if, he's, if he's representing yeah. Kath, who, yeah. who is associated or who is assumed to be female. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Atata, we can't really say for certain, but she's Kinnereth, Kine, Kinarthi, Tava, they're always, they're always assumed to be female. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a Sumerian. And it's, oh. No, it's a it's an Assyrian creature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, mm. I mean, with 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 Morehouse, mm-hmm. I always I've always considered Morehouse to be the equivalent of like what a demi prince is to a Daedric prince. Yeah. Um, and he's called a demigod, but he's I mean he's really the only instance of an Adric demi prince that we ever see so yeah. i mean we we don't i mean aside from maybe pelinol or something yeah. it's yeah. i mean it's 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 weird um yeah. um although we do get um Kinnereth referred to or i can't remember if it's Kinnereth or kind but she's referred to as the strongest of the spirits of the air which kind yeah. of implies that there's more of them mm-hmm. uh, uh i think that's tava Okay. Or, no, sorry, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of a different uh, yeah, and that, uh, a Reddit post that this guy did called "The Many Faces of Tava." Mm. That's that's something different. Mm-hmm. My bad. Never mind. <laughs> and, well, and, and and with that, the air spirits. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't help but link that to Vivek, yeah, Lord, yep. Lord of the Middle Air. Although well, I've been, I've been circling around bringing up Vivek during this whole this whole cast. I've been trying really hard not to because <laughs> I mean I always do, but uh, yeah, you, yeah. You, now you've done it. <laughs> yep. I don't think is that on Bingo. Uh, I don't think it's on Bingo. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, it might be. Uh, it, uh, it it stands to reason you can ask why Vivek is the Lord of the Middle Air. Which I I have some yeah. ideas on that, but I mean this isn't the Vivek cast. I mean if you'd like to hear it, I'm more than more than happy to. Well, it might be relevant to Kinnereth in the respect well, that yeah, the if we, if we, uh, yeah, because well, I mean my my whole thing it it, it stems from mm. uh, Chinese philosophy, mm. okay, um, particularly in how they think of China itself as the Middle Kingdom. Um, and and even in the symbol, the old symbol for China, um, it had three tiers to it. You have heaven on top, earth on bottom, the middle kingdom is in between mortal and divine. And so if we think about that with Vivek, he's also kind of in that middle space between mortal and divine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could say that about the other two triads as well, um, but I think it's more appropriate to Vivek, given given his um, proclivity for for duality and wanting to be all things and um, and and all of that. So his his whole thing about being, you know, in the middle air is is he's hovering between divinity and mortality. Um, well, specifically, and, I mean, I he's get into like like poetry and stuff, but oh. I mean that's. That's appropriate for the warrior well, I, poet. I mean, um, I, I think his. Well, well, the, there's also the fact I that mean, his, um, his feet. Yeah, there's also the fact that the uh, sky is the uh, domain of Iam, and the sea is the domain of Satha. 
So yeah. Vivek uh, occupies the space between the two of them as the joining force, but also because the only thing left over is the land, which Vivek says belongs to the people. Or the yeah. Hortatory, so specifically. Yeah. On, on, on another fun thing, I may be stretching here, but in poetry, you have your, your in, in your meter, you have feet. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the I am, I-A-M-B, is the most one of the most yeah. common forms of 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 feet, mm -hmm. and so if you look at Vivek when he's <clears throat> when he tends to be sitting in his floating lotus position, one foot is above the other, mm -hmm. which I mean it kind of has to be. But is that a poetic reference? Is that referencing I am, which can be bastardized into I am <laughs> reference to his Kim? I don't know. I mean that's something I noticed a long time ago, and I kind of played with it. Uh, Although it does feel like a bit of a reach, it is a nice. Yeah, yeah. Thought. I mean, I'll give it that. I that's just what goes on in my head. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he's he's the warrior poet. He poetry is in the whole thing. Uh, uh, poetry and inspiration was that something, Chris? Was that you who pointed that out, or mm -hmm. was that you, James? Uh, both. <laughs> yeah. But so I mean, I mean, there's, there's a couple of tentative links between Vivek and Kinnereth, at least. Uh, well, yeah, but there's also a few other things with regards to Kinnereth or rather Kind. There are two um, sort of Nord Skald poems or odes that you have. The first one is Kind's Tears, which is mm -hmm. dark clouds gather in the sky above. Kind weeps for joy at the beauty of the world. Tears warm the ground and blossoms grow. The sacred stone reveals the flowers of her tears. So that's one. And then there's another one, which is a hymn to Kine, which is in darkness, your light shines through. Warrior goddess, for you we strike true. When mm. hope is lost and war rages on, warrior goddess, hear our blessed song. With the Nord's death fallen in battle, warrior goddess, guide us through shadow. Grant us courage to fight and sharpen our swords, warrior goddess, mother of Nords. So... I mean, there's a couple things to unpack there, especially when they're talking about how it's her light and darkness that shines through, which has given me some Magna Key vibes, not going to lie. Mm -hmm. A little bit, mm. yeah. Yeah. And she's the one who's ferrying these souls to Sovngarde, which is this place in the sky. Like, what, what are we thinking? Was she, like, sort of closest to a Magna Key before she decided... Fuck it, I'm a stay. I'm I'm gonna put my life on the line for all these beautiful little dumbass Nord babies that just gave birth. Well, the Kishiti myth actually has Kanathi feeling lonely in the sky. That um that that everyone um that Nani was told to make children to keep, in, almost to keep Kanathi happy and give Kanathi company. But <laughs> just let me just double check the wording of that because it's a little awkward and I don't want to misconstrue but uh, yeah but Kanathi went to Fadamai and said Fadamai mother Kanathi grows lonely so high above the world and not even my brother Alkosh can fly and Fadamai took pity on her and tricked Anur to make her pregnant again and that's where the moons come from okay. um, yeah, the, the the moons and the moons and Noni and Azura. She's the third litter. Uh, that's the third litter from Fadimai. 
um, in the in the Khajiit myth, all done to please Kanathi. Hmm. Which again ties back give, to give her souls to keep. Yeah, give 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 her souls to keep and give her a place where things happen. Which again goes back to um, the thing in in variety. I'm sure it's variety of faith. Um, let Probably that, that book is like a source in every yeah town. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in some legends, she's the first to agree to Lorcan's plan to invent the mortal plane and provides the space for its creation in the void. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, um, that feels quite like um, that feels quite similar to the to the Kajiti take that kind that that um, that kind Kinnereth the the K spirit whatever her name is. Um, is one of the prime movers and the prime reason for um, the mortal r- world happening in the first place. Everyone gets hung up on Lorcan and Magnus, but Kine is, um, to some degree, the inspiration and the reason that it happens. Hmm. That's neat. There's a lot here to unpack, boys. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know if we can do it all in an hour and a half. So, okay. Yeah. Um, that exasperated silo, oh God. Um, but okay, so so to, to sort of pull on that on that thread of um, tricking tricking baby daddy into making you pregnant to make someone else happy, why would she do that beyond just the the company of it? Is is that because she needs that sphere to be? Fulfilled, in which case that kind of seems like in the Kajidi pantheon, she's almost taking over from RK in that sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. ferrying the souls of the dead up to Sovngarde and everything. That's also uh, her kind of taking over uh, in the Redguard pantheon, the spot or, or the job that Tuwaka has. His job is to ferry the dead to the far shores. Yeah. Um, Kine's job is to ferry the, the souls of the dead safely into Sovngarde. Although it's so, not... In the Khajiiti myth, she's not associated with that, though. She's not... Um, it, the, the, the Khajiit go to the moons um, and the sun, and the sand behind the stars and that and that side of it. So they get there eventually. But I also just noticed that... By the way, I hope everyone realizes that the sand behind the stars is... Basically, uh, another name for the far shores. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. putting that into people's heads. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, if you imagine the far shores, it's a bunch of black people and cats just chilling out, living their best <laughs> afterlives. <laughs> Except for that one priest who's allergic. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's like a couple of Yokinans there, like sharpening their swords. You know, Are you elves? <laughs> I heard your elves. <laughs> Quiet. But uh, but no. Um, yeah. to, to get back on back on track though. Okay, so sorry, I, I didn't know that part about um they went to uh, the moons instead. But yeah, that still doesn't fully yeah. answer the question though. Of like, no. so why are we having all these extra babies to make Kanarthi happy? Like what? Uh we've got well, it's for, if Master and Secunda fail. They, um, the Khajiit must climb Kanathi's breath to set the moons back in their courses. It's something that happens later on. Okay, um, so the Khajiit definitely go to the far shores then. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Oh, hang on. Are you claiming that Kanafi is busily assembling an army of ghost Khajiit in the far shores in case things go to hell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> because because hmm. the, think about it. What is the far shores except for a place of waiting until the next skin when everything kind of resets. It's the big mm-hmm. giant reset button. Would, would, so yeah, yeah she's, she's like building up this army. You got the would far shores like the of guard kind of, you know, just waiting there to do their shit again. Yeah. Would that be the opposite of the Dramathra? I don't know enough about Kajidian mythology to answer that. Maybe just because um, I mean, uh, the Dramathra are the, are, are the bent cats. They're yeah. the, they're the, um, they, they align like their their song or whatever to the beating of the drum of the doom drum of of the darkness in, in Lorcan's heart, yep. and they're and they're taken to um, into Namira uh, or or Namira's realm um, to to become unbent, um, and uh, that's that's basically it. So I mean, they're effectively like atoning demons in mm-hmm. a, in, in a manner of thinking. Um, but I, I can imagine, you know, the opposite, you know, these exalted Khajiit who, who, you know, Kanarfi takes and, and, you know, I can just imagine they're just these radiant kind of uh, holy ghost warriors. It's not quite as, as, um, as selective as you make out, I don't think. But everything that I've seen is that you either become a bent cat mm-hmm. or you are a, I don't know what the word is, I don't want to say straight cats, I'm not sure that's the term that gets used. No. But you are Orthodox, you are prostrate. Yeah. You are you are you are you are either bent or you are not bent. There um it's it's a binary there. So you, yeah. Um so you've got um so you've got the cats that will go to the stand behind the stars um and do and do whatever they do there. Um hang out with hang but, out with the yeah. best race. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure how we got onto this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it started with um, we were talking about Kinarthi, who's again one of the many other aspects of kind Kinarthi, the, the K goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, the special K. Uh-huh. Uh How did I know that was happening? Because <laughs> I'm terrible, and you know that by this point. Yeah. True. Um. But anyway, we sort of. We're talking about her and her influence and how uh, she had this third litter that was created uh, specifically for her so that she'd be less lonely. Right. Um, and I guess to sort of try, now that I've had a bit of a chance to think about it and all this other stuff we've talked about, I think the loneliness in this case might come from the fact that she's away from, uh, like her being Kanarthi is, be, is away from her husband Lorcage, right? And that's sort mm-hmm. of similar kind of um, mixing, mm-hmm. so that would be why she's lonely. Um, the special K sign in the, uh, the the K sign of the Magnagi is the um, is is the K of uh, black ink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just kind of spitballing mm-hmm. there a little bit. You know? Well, hey, what if? Yeah. Um, but um, Buck has mentioned about Thum altering cats in Drozira in the Tale of Drozira, which huh. I can't see it on a quick skim through. Uh, 
anyway, it just ignore me. I'm going to be skimming for um, for a while to try and find this. Oh, well, that's all right. Um, um, I, I think, honestly, barring any, some connection. I, I don't think there's any likelihood that we're going to find anything earth shattering at this point. I mean, I think we've covered no. everything. Um, <laughs> does anybody know who's next? Uh, uh, after K should be Jesse. Wait, no, no, uh, JK. No, uh, um, uh, Mara. Mara's next, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Yep. All right. Mama. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do that next. Um, oh, also, I wanted to mention uh, I am literally on the very last entry for the next sermon, the sermon twenty one. Um, so we're definitely gonna have that out by the end of the year at the way things are going. Uh, and um, awesome. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out a way to get these things built faster than one a year, but um, we'll, we'll you know. All right. Um, it, it, it uh, yeah, something's got to happen so that this stuff starts speeding up. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it's going to have to be something. I mean, uh, like uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're taking way too long. Um, so uh, yeah, so we will hopefully be back here in two weeks. Um, so not next weekend, but the weekend after. Talk about Mara. Yeah, for Mara. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not your fault, Buck. It's mine. That way it doesn't interfere with Canadian Thanksgiving. And, and I should oh. have the newest issue of the Talmora available either tonight or tomorrow. Hey. I'm, I'm still cool. waiting on some cover art. We've got an exclusive interview with Lawrence Schick, post sauce in there. Pretty good. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, we also started a, a, a recurring segment called Tea Time with Neloth. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, so it's just Neloth shooting the shit with just other other characters in lore. It's just an RP interview. Okay, uh, great. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, nice. First one, the first one's Baron Zaya. So the two of them are having tea and just just shooting the shit. Uh, that's fantastic. It's like a uh, you, uh, you should you should do it yes, like a um, like one of those late Lava night King interview things, our, you know. <laughs> Telvani and cars oh, getting actually, coffee. If, <laughs> if we are, if we are, I'm talking about Elmora. I am still in the process of compiling my history of the Elder Scroll of the Elder Scrolls fandom yeah, and yeah. changes oh. and attitudes and all that. Cool. Um, whenever, whenever you've got that right, there's no rush. No, if anyone wants to send me their perspectives or stuff with that, um, I can send you a list of questions I've been asking everyone, or just your perspectives on how fans have reacted to new games, how um, if and how that's changed over time. If you've got anything to send to that, drop it to uh, written and uncertainty podcast at gmail.com. Um, I've got a rough theme already. I'm pretty certain that the title for the thing is going to be and then the awful gaming began again. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think I, I can wrap up fans' but, reactions but we'll, to new we'll Elder see. Scrolls games in one word and that's badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. But yeah, if you have any kind of stories you want to tell me about your experience within the, fan, within the fandom, within the lore community, within the Elder Scrolls community as a whole, yeah, please so send it to me out. and I'll fill it out for you uh, mm-hmm. yeah. cool. um, All right, also, uh, nope, Andrew, yep. coming your way, I can't say when, but I'm starting to talk with uh, LJ okay. about some spicy stuff that may or may not prove my uh, implication or like heresy that Magnus, so that Numidium may be Magnus or the shell of Magnus. Mm. 
Hmm. So I'm I'm trying to figure out some things. It's still really early, but hmm. I'm saying that that is sort of hmm. the next thing. So before how I just had, you know, Trinimac might be Tall Papa. Yeah. This next one will be Numidium might be. Yeah, man. It's just yeah. I, That'll be I good. want it. Yeah. Well, you'll have to wait for it, unfortunately. It'll be a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, one one. I think I think the December issue is going to be a takeover issue. Um, Adam Field is going to be um, dropping some heavy lore bombs. He's been working on with MK with Ted Peterson. Um, he's got the Marsha Kogan on board. He's got Jasser on board. Um, just a lot of heavy hitters uh, helping him with with this takeover issue. It's going to be rad. So oh, oh, and, and, like, and Franz is going to help too. Like a, oh, a takeover yeah. is in like like what your your time from it? Probably, uh, yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna build the entirety of the magazine. I'll probably have my uh, whatever opinion articles going in there, and then just kind of the recurring bits like the correspondence and whatever. But mm-hmm. everything else, that's all him. Okay. Cool. Wow. Okay. And, and 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 that group. So. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, everybody, cool. we goodbye. Is there is there anything else we want to? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. All right. Is it? Bye, internet. Nope. Bye. That's it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll miss you. <laughs>